0: Thank you for tuning in to another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. Definitely excited about this conversation, especially when we're looking at what's currently happening right now in history, right? Right now, there are so many different things that are happening from a political side and economic side. There's a lot of shifting. Many people are calling this a paradigm shift right now in our culture, right now in our society on a global scale. But as history is happening, how is it being documented? How are we paying attention to what's currently happening around us? How does what's happening today end up in a museum one day? How do those artifacts make it to the museum? How do we document that history? And who's documenting this? We're bringing a special guest on the show today. The founder of www.agirlinamuseum.com, Telly Simpson, is coming on Black Equity right after this intro music. She's going to tell us all about her life in the museum, her career in the museum, and how we need to be paying attention to the games that are being played. I thank you for tuning in today. I'm DJ Motri of Black Equity Network, and welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. All right, we are back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. I'm definitely excited about this conversation. Whenever I'm traveling to a new city, there are three things that I have to do. I just have to, it's just something ingrained in me. I have to find the best restaurants in the city. I have to, uh, usually, depending on the city, I like to go to some type of sporting event, um, just to kind of see the the pulse of the city, and the third thing, and I think it's going to be very relevant to our conversation today, is I'd like to know the different type of museums in a particular city because I want to learn, and so sometimes that museum may be uh more focused on what's happening locally, it may be something more nationally more inter- or or internationally. And so on today's episode, we're actually bringing on someone who has a lot of experience in that third tier that I look for in every city that I go to. It is the world of museums. Uh, on the line is the uh, founder of a girl in the museum world.com, Telly Simpson. Welcome to Black Equity, Telly.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you and dive into. My world, uh, museums, just bring exposure um, to the museum world. So thank you for having me.
0: No, thank you. Thank you for uh, coming on and sharing this. I did reach out to you. I thought your brand was awesome. And I said, well, shoot, I love museums. And I know this isn't um, the typical conversation that everybody wants to have. But for me, I love it. And so I know our listeners will uh, love it as well. For those who don't know about you, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this space.
1: Sure. Um, I always struggle with that question. It's, it's very hard for me to um, talk about myself, but um, that was the main motivation as to why I created A Girl in a Museum World. I realized that that message, just changing the narrative, um, it needed to be put out there. So um, a little bit about myself. My name is Telly. Um, I am a museum professional. Um, Specifically, I'm the collections inventory coordinator for the South Carolina State Museum. Um, I'm originally from Baltimore. I am a Morgan State University graduate times
0: two. Oh boy, oh boy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And um, I love everything museums, history, and um, activism related. Um, Mm. So I think that's how i can sum up myself in a few sentences
0: now you mentioned something and i'm I'm wondering if you're tying these two worlds together when you think of museums do you think of activism are those two connected
1: definitely um for me museums and activism is definitely connected just based on my journey and listening to other um people of color in this field, um, it's, it's hard. The, the journey is it's challenging for people of color. Um, the museum field, a lot of people don't know, but the museum field can be uh, just very close-minded and uh, full of uh, elite individuals. Mm-hmm. And purposefully and strategic methods can be placed upon keeping people of color out and once I learned that, it motivated me even more to get my foot in the door, um, to pave the way for other people of color to get into the museum world. And um, my website, I wanted it to be a resource. Well, it originally my website originally started as just um, a creative outlet. But once I really started thinking back on my journey and um, and listening to other people's stories, I realized that my website can be more than just my creative outlet, that it could be a resource. Um, You know, when it comes to history, I remember being in school, listening to the teachers, just questioning always in the back of my mind, like that doesn't sound right or it sounds like there's more to the story. So I wanted to make sure that my website gave the truth when it came to history and also um, just dive into, what we're not told in school um and museums can kind of be like that when you subconsciously I think when people walk into a museum um, they automatically have the museum worker in their mind you know most times it's not a person of color or the person of color um sadly not sadly but they're not in leadership roles so I just wanted to um make sure that my website was more than just my creative outlet, but also a platform for activism.
0: Awesome. So there's a couple things that we can dive into, if you give me permission. Um, You mentioned this idea of museums attracting uh, those that are perceived to be elite. And um, you discovered uh, people of color being kept out of that circle of of people what exactly and I know you're in the world now so I want to make sure we tread as lightly as possible but I do want to give our audience a little bit of an understanding what exactly would be the reason for keeping out black people from the museum world in your estimation um well
1: History is important. Um, objects are important, and they they help tell the they help tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and those who are in power of the objects, they control the narrative. So, if you have a person of color, if you have um, a person of color, diving into those, um, working with the objects, or just um, being a part of the museum system. Um, those type of stories will be told, and unfortunate, not unfortunately, but um, when it comes to the stories of people of color, it sheds light on the truth. And um, a lot of music, not a lot, but some museums, they they try to um, run away from the truth. And when you 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 can't do that when when it comes to telling the narrative um, of people of color.
0: So it's this idea of if we are in control of what's happening at a museum we're going to control the narrative we're going to kind of shift what the history is so then when people actually come to that museum we can manipulate the story a little bit to fit what we want the story to be rather than the actual truth am i understanding that correctly
1: Right. Definitely. You hit it on the nail. You said it a lot better than than I did.
0: (laughs) So so when you first discovered this, because I I do want to get into more of your origin and why you even care about history and why. I mean, I know you're a black woman. So but just because you're a black woman doesn't necessarily mean that you would actually care about black history. I know that might sound crazy. So let's start there why does this matter to you? Why does, uh, our history matter to you? And then why did you use, or why are you using, uh, the museum world as a vehicle to express your care, uh, for this particular subject?
1: Sure. Um, I would say it helps with confidence. Um, I feel like, in the Black community. Um, not that we lack confidence, but we just lack the knowledge of self. And I feel like if we had more knowledge of self, that would, that would encourage us as a community to just walk with a lot more pride. You know, if we know where we came from, you know, we know our origins, we know that we didn't start, you know, with slavery, um, I just feel like internally that can help motivate us. Um, what drove me to, I guess, history and all that as far as origins, um, I've always collected coins when I was younger, and I would take them to my grandfather. And I, d- I didn't know that he collected coins and money. So um, that was something that we shared together. And just listening to his conversations, and I was, I've always been a curious um, individual. So even as a child with the coins and listening to my grandfather's stories of the war, it just made me want. More, and then when I went to school and I was able to get that more, I felt excluded. Um, I, I just wasn't hearing stories about people who looked like me, and and that just bothered me <laughs> so much. And um, it really wasn't until I started educating myself and until I went to Morgan um, that's when I really started started to get the uh, the knowledge and the information that was needed. And once, for some reason, once I started learning those stories about me and hearing um more stories about people who look like me it 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 just gave me a sense of more pride you know it it helped me uh, walk just um just walk differently you know
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um
0: yeah (laughs) so I think it's important for us to explain to the audience that's listening because I've heard that narrative before that with self-knowledge do, does come pride. It does come of a, a feeling of self-respect. So when I hear that, I always think to myself, well, what is it about our history that would lead us prideful? What, would, what is it about our past? You know, I started digging and finding out for myself. So I'm asking this question as if I don't know, but I want to reach uh, a potential listener where they are. Because many people, I've actually been having this conversation a lot the last three weeks. Uh, I've been having conversations with people. They'll ask me, what's the name of the podcast? And I'll say Black Equity. And they say, well, I don't like that word Black. And uh, we need more uh, integration. And we need to stop worrying about doing things ourselves. Why can't we just work and all get along? And so it leads me to this question where I'm sitting down with you and having a, a really great conversation why what have you found in our history that would make us feel proud
1: mm. um wow uh that's a that's a deep question I'm sorry um,
0: telly i'm sorry
1: no 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 <laughs> because, um, well that just puts me on the spot I, I have so many like his um historical facts in in my mind and mm. um take trying,
0: your
1: time yeah just trying to give you one um it's very hard um let's let's see I can say right now um so like I said I'm I'm in the state of South Carolina um the first black the first uh black uh, firefighters in South Carolina one of them still living I can't re- I cannot recall his name right now but um the museum I don't think we have any object or anything in our collection to represent that mm. and um it's just, it's, it's things like that, that just, that, that motivates me and, and that fuels me. So w- once I came, I was just doing a, a random history Google that I always do. And I just came across, came across a gentleman. Um, I wish I had this name, but just to know that he's still living.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: to know that we don't, that my museum, we don't have anything in our collection right now. Um, it saddened me, but it also uh, just, just motivated me it motivated me to want to reach out to him to get, to get his story, you know? Um, so just, just coming across facts like that in, in our culture, um, it, it sends a, a spark um, through me. And I hope that it, it could send a spark through a lot more um, individuals.
0: One of the stories that, and I don't think this would be in most museums. It might be, I don't know. One of the stories that stands out to me and why I like going to museums, I guess I should, I guess I should tell my side because I'm not, um, I'm not a museum professional. I'm just a, I'm just a guy, right? I'm just a guy who enjoys the truth. I'm a truth seeker. And so the reason why I enjoy going to museums is actually twofold. It's actually, it's very similar to what you're giving me game on today about the manipulation. I like to go there and be like, oh, you're lying to me. I know that's, I know that's not true. Mm-hmm. And then I also mm-hmm. like going there because I like the aesthetics of it. it mm-hmm. It's very calming most places. Uh, there's been a few museums I go to where it's, it's not calming because uh, they're actually trying to pull at your your heart and they're trying to make you cry and make you feel the emotion but for the most part it's very calming when i go to a museum um one of the stories that always stands out to me is the richest uh person in history is mansa musa and we for somehow <laughs> don't talk about it like i see these investors in uh right now and today they're always talking about warren buffett and Bill Gates and this and that. I'm like, yeah, they cool. But what about Mansa? Like, we're not talking about, you know, the person who was the richest person in the world forever. Like, you can never even reach where he was. Then what are we really doing? And I walk into museums and I will see uh, a lot of white faces. And they'll be talking about how great these men were and how great these ladies were. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't really do what this guy did. And he ain't nowhere in here. How do you feel when you are in a museum? Um, and I'm going to also get your your favorite museums that you visited as well. So get ready for that question. <laughs> um, how do you feel when you go to a museum and things that you know should be there are left out?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, like I said, a girl in a museum world, it's, well, I'm not sure if I said it, but um It's, it's been a journey. Um, so at first, when I walked in, when I used to walk into museums, I was naive. I would just go in searching for the aesthetics or Mm -hmm. the stories. And I always hear the stories of the great men. Um, that's how I used to walk into museums, mainly just for the aesthetics purposes and wanting to be a part of it some type of way. But, um, with personal experiences and listening to other people's, um, journey throughout the museum world. Um, I now walk into museums um, with that activism, <laughs> I guess, with the activism mindset. I go in, um, not critiquing, but just just look, seeking for the truth. Um, would you,
0: make, would you consider it a critical eye?
1: Yeah, you, yeah, bas- basically. I go in with it with a very extremely critical eye. Um, sometimes sometimes it's bothersome because when I when I travel I do like to go to different museums and I can now where I am I just can't walk into the museum and um, enjoy it I, mm-hmm. I look for mission I look to see how many people of color they have on their staff you know mm-hmm. I would see if it's accessible but um so yeah that's that's what I look for now when I go into a museum and when I go into into a museum and I and I don't see what I think should be there um, then it's it's, it's just very, it's disheartening and it just shows me, it motivates me to continue to be open about my journey and how it's different, unique, and it's not what people think it would be working in a museum.
0: is it possible for us and i don't know this answer so i'm going to for certain people who are listening to this episode it's going to sound very ignorant because i don't know um this at all is it possible for us to own our own museums and maybe we already do
1: yeah i mean so you if you want to start a museum could could you yeah with-
0: could we just own like instead of us walking into a museum saying, cause I know that's what I do. I go to a museum. I say, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And then I, t- I take my notes and then I walk out and I'm like, they got it all wrong. And then I just go back on my day and go to the restaurant that I wanted to go to. And then that's it. I just kind of fade off into the sunset, but why can't I go start my own museum or go have my own um, uh, narrative that we can, you know, have out there. Is that a possibility
1: it is. Um, with the proper funding and I guess the, prop, uh, the proper mission, um, it, it is possible. It's, it would be um, extremely challenging, but um, if you find your tribe, you can rise. So um, I do think that we as a community can, can start our own.
0: Okay. So from your travels, and I told you this question was coming. Um, from your travels what has been some of your favorite museums that you visited and why
1: Hmm. so the first museum that comes to mind is definitely um, the National Museum of Bermuda um, mm. but I was not expecting um, that museum to be so emotional wow um, but it They offered a lot of resources for individuals um, to learn more. Um, That was also my favorite trip. We actually, so the museum is a fortress keep and Google maps told us that it closed at five. So we got got there about four. Now they closed at three, but um, like I said, since since it's a fortress keep, the security guard, he let us roam um, the museum until he closed it down. So just the way it's the way it was set up you had basically master's house the mansion and the the field and I mean just touring that alone um was very emotional um they they told the truth basically and I mean it it was a hard truth but it was appreciated and um so yeah, and, and it was raining, the, the effects were there. So uh, that's my that's my favorite museum.
0: Okay. You know, as you were telling me that, I another question came came in my mind. For the average person who's listening to this episode, how should they approach going to a museum? What what should they be looking for? Uh, I know you're looking at the staff, I'm looking at the BS, but what, are we wrong for going into it that way? Should we just go there for entertainment? How should, especially people from our community, approach uh, a trip to a museum?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, well, to answer the first question, no, you're definitely not wrong for, um, Approaching it that way, I mean, our community—we're so used to the stories being excluded. You know, we, we're we're kind of predisposed to walk into any situation, um, having some type of knowledge that we're all we're already going to be excluded. So I, I would say, when you walk into a museum, um, just just be don't walk in ignorant and naive. Um, have a, have a critical eye question the panels everything that's written on the panels is it's not gold um, as I said those who uh, work with the objects control the narrative so just just be just be aware and conscious that there's always research to be done and to do to do your own research um, you know I, I consider myself um, a pretty intelligent individual but my word is not gold i can i can drop a history fact and you know it it may be missing some information so just just do your own research um i would encourage anyone
0: okay uh you know we mentioned a couple times on this episode that we both walk into museums now we didn't know each other before we began preparing for this episode is that correct right okay so We both had, we both approached museums with a very critical eye. And we both found things that were inaccurate on our journeys. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What has been one of those things that you found that you said, oh, heck no. What is going on here? I can't believe they are saying this. Is there something that stands out when I put that sentence out there that you're just like this is ridiculous.
1: Um, you know what? Yes, I have. Um, <laughs> I have walked into a few institutions where you can tell that they are trying to incorporate. Um, they're trying to, I guess, tell, tell the truth or tell the paint the entire picture. But um, still, the the panels or what you're reading, the language that's used, um, it would romanticize the story. Mm-hmm. So. You know, like the, the, the founding fathers, I'm just going to say the founding fathers, instead of calling um, the lady a rape victim, um, they would use the language as lover. Um, wow.
0: wow. But, you that's know, crazy.
1: yeah. Um, so I would say things like that. And that's that's um, still go, still going on. So, I mean, I, I do address stuff like that um, on my blog. And like I said, I want it to be more than a creative outlet. Um, I want it to be a resource. Um, And I'm happy that I started it now, because if I would have started it when I would walk into those institutions, just extremely angry. Um, I think I mentioned this to you that it just would have been the Angry Black Girl blog. Mm -hmm. It just would have been based on just personal um, experiences. But now I, I try to use it as a resource to, just to tell people that yes, museums are there, yes, um, you can learn a lot, but still just, just make sure you do your own research.
0: People have been listening to this episode and we're kind of giving our experience, um, in the, in a museum world. What exactly do you do as a museum professional? What is your day-to-day job? What are your responsibilities? What are the things that you're coming across? I know that you actually get to touch the objects that they tell us not to touch. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell us a little bit about what you actually do on a day to day.
1: Sure, Um, so I do work in the collections department. I do work with um, the objects uh, hands on. Right now I am managing a project where we are um, getting documentation for the objects. So it's like the dream of every collections museum professional to have the proper documentation and photos for every object. So um, day to day, I get information on these objects and enter all of that into a database. We want to make sure that all of this information is trackable, since these are very important um, pieces that we're working with. We want to make sure that we can keep track of them. I'm kind of like a travel agent for the objects. You could mm. say, wherever that object goes, I know, I know uh, where it is. So, they, but day to it, day, it changes. Like um, right now, I'm actually assisting the registrar. Um, we're unboxing historic face vessels for um, an upcoming exhibit. So that's what this this week is looking like. But that may change next week.
0: Right. So. so kind of take me through this process, if you don't mind. So a piece uh, is owned by the museum. Is that correct? Okay. So the, a piece is owned by the museum, but it may travel to another, another museum. Is that yeah. where... Okay, tell me, tell me a little bit more.
1: Sure, so we, we do acquire the piece, okay. AKA own. And as far as it traveling, um, museums do borrow pieces from each other and the, uh, the registrar um, who I'm assisting right now, she controls that paperwork. So, um, so yeah, objects are borrowed between institutions. We just wanna make sure that that documentation is, is there um another reason like that's one of the main reasons why I really love the collections department it's because of that documentation for African Americans we don't really have the privilege to you know trace our history you know because of the purpose destruction of documentation or just the lack of documentation so everything that I do it, it really does tie back to being black like um
0: what is, that, what is that process like when a piece is being acquired? What, I think, I think what's important to ask here is what deems something worthy of being in a museum?
1: Hmm. You know, that, that is a really, really good question. And um, there is not one good or right answer to that. Mm-hmm. It depends on the museum, what their mission is, what they would like to collect. Um, I would say, for me personally, I like to see objects. I like to see museums acquire objects that are relevant, um, that are that represents more than one (laughs) narrative, and objects that that are impactful. You know, so. You can, it. I like, I, like to, I like to see for museums to acquire objects that strike curiosity, you know? So if you're in a museum and you see an object and um, you just have some questions about it, there's a panel that goes along with it. So I don't, I, I like when museums acquire objects that are impactful, not just because they can or because they have the money.
0: Right. When you are out here in the non-museum world, and you're just on your day-to-day grocery shopping, living your life, and just coming across things, does your museum eye follow you into your regular everyday life where you're like, ooh, that needs to be in a museum? And if so, give me an example of when that has happened.
1: Um, definitely. Um, it, it, it hasn't happened yet. Um, oh. Okay. I, I think that all, all the time. Um, my boyfriend, he actually went to a protest in DC, and um, he had the Black Lives Matter sign. And him and his friend, I believe they designed it. And I just, it, it was a very impactful sign. And I, I told him to keep it, you know, don't like, don't throw it away. I think that would, that would make a like great contribution to um, a museum one day, you know. Mm-hmm pieces that are reflective reflective of the biggest civil rights movement. So I I do, my eye is always always on.
0: (laughs) You're always thinking in, in terms of historical facts, historical pieces that could stand the test of time and making sure they're properly preserved.
1: Correct, yes. Sometimes I do wish I could turn it off, but.
0: I think it's good that you don't though, because society needs someone like you.
1: Thank you. Right?
0: No, I mean, I'm just, I mean, society needs someone who is thinking beyond just today. Mm-hmm. And it's really, because in order to think about, this is crazy, in order to think about history, you have to think about the future.
1: Right? Yes. They, so you got to yeah.
0: be like, yo, 50 years from now, this is going to matter. It matters today. So it's like your mind has to almost time travel and say, yo, this is important. So what we're doing right now is history. You may not see it as that. You may just see it as this one little thing that you're doing right now. But we just shifted history. There's been a huge shift. Like, you know, the last six months has been a huge shift in our culture. And a lot of people not even catching it. They're just living their day-to-day lives. They're they're even complaining. They're saying that they want 2020 to be over and let's get on to another year. And I'm like, y'all have no idea what y'all just walk through right right. a lot of what people are going to be studying 2020 forever
1: right definitely
0: that's why we need someone like you who's paying attention to uh our society on a on a deeper on a a deeper meaningful way
1: thank you i i do appreciate that um i i know that sometimes it can be a little it could be a lot for like my sister though She said she would be rich of all the times I guess I had moments like that. (laughs) I'm like, well, I'm glad I could help some type of (laughs) way.
0: How do people who love the work that you're doing, who are interested in the work that you're doing, how do they collaborate with you? How do they work with you? How do they get into your frequency? How can they reach out to you if they have a question about, hey, is this a really good idea? Is this something I should be paying attention to? What is that process like um, uh, as far as working with you.
1: Right, definitely. Um, you can the best way to reach me, I would definitely say is by email, um, a Girl in a museum world at gmail.com. And also um, you can contact me through my website, which is a Everything is a girl in museum world. <laughs> you can contact me through Instagram and Facebook, also a Girl in a museum world and uh, I'm extremely responsive. Um, I love to help and I love to give. So if anyone, someone can have one simple question and I'm, I'm going to give you, as, I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to give you as as much as I can. If I would love if um, students reached out to me, um, mm-hmm. students in the art or history um, field reached out to me because I know I've been there. I've been, you know, a history major wondering, you know, Am I, how am I going to be able to, I guess, sustain myself, just just based on what society has told me, that if you go skilled, you know, you you may not live a comfortable life financially. But if I can, if I can motivate history and art students, um, let them know that they'll be okay, and following your passion is okay. You don't have to chase the money. You can chase your dream. And when you chase your dream, um, you're probably a lot more satisfied. Um, so yeah, email, um, a the museum world at gmail or my website.
0: Thank you for that. I do have a, a behind the scenes question real quick. When you're sitting there as a art, uh, I'm sorry, as a history major, when you're sitting there as a history major, along with other history majors, and you're having a conversation at lunch, mm-hmm. are y'all scared? Like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do after school?
1: yes. Yes, definitely. Um, scared and running away from people or, or society pushing you to be a history teacher. You know, right, um, right. if I could reach out to history majors to bring them aware of all of the possibilities there are with you, um, if you major in history, I, I would I would love to do that. Um, but, yeah, we definitely have those conversations, and I, I did fall victim to that. I thought um, I was going to be a history teacher, so I did that for um, a few years, but I wasn't satisfied, and I also, just the ethical part of me wasn't okay getting up there glorifying um, certain historical figures. Um, I wanted to be on the side of truth. I wasn't okay with just, I, would have, I think I would have been um, a radical or a problem teacher Um, so yeah, we, we definitely have those conversations. What are we going to do after we get this history degree?
0: (laughs) And so so now on the other side, and I'm, I'm closing up on my last few questions here on the other side, what are some of those, uh, what are some of those opportunities in the history space that people can look forward to if they're currently a history major?
1: Sure. Um, museums, obviously, but specifically, um, you can, uh, as as I'm doing, the collections, or a, be in, um, be a curator. Um, when you walk into the exhibits, the curators are the ones really behind putting those together. Um, you can work at the archives. You can be an archivist. That's more so paper and documentation. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I have right now.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I thank you for taking time out uh, today to share with us uh, a very unique perspective. A lot of people are not going to have your perspective, especially a Black perspective uh, when it comes to museums. And so the doors are open if you ever want to come back and uh, continue this conversation. I'm down for it. It's one of my top three things I do in every city I go to. If there's not a museum, I'm I'm like, well, what's the point? Why am I going to that particular city? Uh, so thank you for the work that you're doing. Uh, maybe I'll bump into you at a few museums in the future. And uh, thank you for coming on Black Equity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you truly enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe over on Instagram at Black Equity Network. If you want to uh, be part of the conversation, you want to uh, be part of Black Equity, send us an email over at BlackEquityNetwork at gmail.com. Thank you to our guest today, Telly Simpson, for truly dropping some gems on us and giving us a different perspective as we look at history being made on a daily basis. And as we start deciding, well, what is going to make it into the museums? And if you are interested in launching your own museum, acquiring artifacts, um, learning more about this particular world and uh, learning to acquire historical facts, uh, reach out to me. Reach out to us at BlackEquityNetwork at gmail.com. Let's sit down, have a conversation. Let's figure out how we can uh, work together and learn to acquire uh, those different things. Also, we, we have our second podcast uh, that we launched a few weeks back called How to Acquire. And so if you are interested in learning how to acquire, uh, this is the time to check out all the episodes. We have some some new episodes coming very soon that you're going to want to check out. We've been talking about business acquisitions, private financing, note investing. So if you are in uh, any interest with those areas, now is the time to check us out. Make sure you subscribe to Black Equity Podcast and How to Acquire Podcast. Thank you everyone for tuning in today and we'll catch you on the next episode of Black Equity Podcast.